Good morning, Philadelphia. Your Philadelphia Eagles are 1-0 on Sunday night and beat a pretty banged up but good team in the 49ers. Um, Big oil, what a win from top to bottom. Like, we got lucky, sure, here and there. But, you know, it was good to see everyone come together and just get the job done despite all the injuries and all the adversity that, 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 we've, that we've seen this, this season. No doubt. Awesome to see the team uh, come together like that. And they definitely shut out a lot of the uh, the outside noise that their play had generated through the first three weeks. And, uh, you know, just a huge win. And, uh, you know, definitely, you know, I hate to say it in week, war, but, uh, week four, but it, it definitely felt like a must win last night. And it was huge for them to come out of that, not only just, uh, you know, in first place in our terrible division, but, you know, just coming out of that with a win, uh, you hope that this is something they can build on going forward. And it, you know, it may have turned the season around. Hopefully, Hopefully. we'll see. Yeah, def- definitely. Dude. I just, I just want to take a couple moments quickly before we get really like dive into the game um, and address, you know, like my behavior towards some of the Wentz haters the past few weeks. So, you know, people have been coming at me with Wentz criticism and I've been responding to them, you know, backing them up, obviously. Um, and, you know, so like I call it, you know, we, I've gotten into it with some of the, some of these people and called some of them mouth breathers, some dumb, you know, dumb asses, and then some of them worse things than that. And so after last night, you know, I just want to take the time to apologize to absolutely nobody because your quarterback dropped it into a bread basket on the game winning drive to a practice squad receiver to beat a top five team with the world watching. Carson Wentz is my quarterback. Carson Wentz is your quarterback, and he will be treated as such moving forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, great, great throw when it mattered, and he made a great throw to Hightower on the uh, on the fourth down conversion a couple plays before that. Um, you know, definitely missed a few throws in the first half that you'd like to see him make, but easily his best game of the season so far. And, um, you know, you know, you mentioned he's playing with practice squad receivers. He's playing with four of his starting offensive linemen out. Um, so, you know, you do need to grade it on a curve a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, the expectation level for him. And, I, you know, I thought, you know, he really rebounded well after the early interception uh, in the game. And, uh, you know, like you said, he made plays when it mattered, including that, uh, you know, like you said, that throw to Fulgham, that's that's the best ball he's thrown this year. That's the best ball he's thrown in in a while. And uh, I saw a crazy stat. That was the longest TD pass Carson's thrown since uh, since week one of last year to Deshaun. And, um, you know, it was great to see them connect on a deep ball, period, let alone for, you know, as big of a play as that was that, that late in the game. Yeah, dude. And it also just felt like the kind of performance that he put out was one that you're just going to see moving forward more often moving forward. Like, it didn't just feel like a fluke. You know, I saw a guy come out with scraps on offense, and he came out and he beat a good football team, regardless of their injuries as well. Um, And so I was really encouraged by it. You know, I kind of was waiting for it to happen. I knew it was going to happen at some point. But I think it's just going to happen more often moving forward. You certainly hope so, and uh, especially as they potentially get healthier at the receiver position um, you know, hopefully Alshon and uh, Jalen Rager and uh, Deshaun will be able to provide that, uh, him with even more help uh, at wide receiver. I also thought he did it well against the Bengals uh, last week, too, but he did it again yesterday. Uh, Carson used his legs really well uh, to pick up some key first downs. And, you know, that's a sign of a guy who, you know, even when things not be may not be working perfectly with his passing, um, you know, 
whatever, missed on a couple checkdowns, missed on a couple of, uh, you know, potential throws. Like he's still working with his legs to make big conversions on third and fourth down when they, when they need to pick up drives and extend them. So, um, you know, that's obviously uh, great to see that he's got that toughness, toughness and that resiliency where, you know, he's going to find a way to do it, even if, uh, you know, his arm's not getting the job done. Yeah. And that aspect of his game, when that comes out, he just becomes lethal. And so when his legs are moving like that, like they were last night, um, especially moving out in the pocket, like you can tell he's so much more comfortable when he's outside the pocket. I think on one of the first drives, they moved him out right. And then he just like zipped the ball on a rope to Greg Ward. Um, you know, it was right where it needed to be. And I think, you know, obviously doing that move, more moving forward is just going to help him out too. Um, and so like from from an overall view of the game last night, I thought I have just a couple like kind of overall thoughts. I think the team just looked way more prepared than any team that I've seen field the the field the football field for the Philadelphia Eagles. Basically, like they, they just looked like they knew what they were going to do that night, um, making adjustments at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. So not just like communicating blitz pickups, but, you know, recognizing what offensive sets they were coming in and reacting to that, um, you know, communicating blitzes between quarterback and O-line. And then they used the hard count effectively. Like that was a, they were able to, to gain so much information about what the defense was doing by just having that fake count. Um, Cause then when you see the safety come up and then you, you make a change and then, you know, it all works in tandem that way. But I thought that this team looked like the most prepared Eagles team that we've seen this year. Yeah, that's the best they've looked for sure. Since the first half of the, the Washington game in week one. Um, and you know, that one, it felt like they maybe let their, let their foot off the gas a little bit, but they definitely came out strong and really stayed that way for most of the game last night. I thought really until the last five minutes, the defensive game plan was great uh, from Jim Schwartz, um, you know, in terms of knowing how the 49ers were going to uh, try to attack them. And they really didn't let the 49ers get the the run game that they build everything off of established too much. So I felt like um, you know, for an offense that does have some stylistic similarities to the Rams, who just absolutely gashed the Eagles a couple weeks ago, I thought that, um, you know, Schwartz did a great job of adjusting from that from that game and, uh, you know, putting together a good game plan until, again, until the last five minutes when he went into kind of like a soft shell defense and almost let San Fran drive down there twice. twice. Uh, the uh, one thing I would have liked to see defensively that I was a little bit surprised they didn't do was like, at some point with the way Kittle was dominating last night, like to me, I feel like you got to move Darius Slay into man-on-man coverage on Kittle, like wherever he goes, have him follow him around the formation. And, you know, they were content to let, uh, you know, Marcus Epps and Nate Gary and, uh, you know, Kayvon uh, cover Kittle one-on-one. And, you know, the results speak for themselves. I think he had 15 catches for 175 yards. Um, you know, obviously it was it was uh, didn't matter in, in, in the end of the game with the Eagles getting the win. But that was one aspect of the game plan that I would have uh, loved to see Schwartz adjust as the night went on. But overall, overall, you know, can't really complain about the effort from the defense at all, especially forcing three turnovers um, after not having any in the first three games. Yeah, definitely. Let, let's let's just keep going on the defense now and then we'll switch over to offense and then kind of wrap it up after that. Um, and so sticking with the defense. So, yeah, that end of the game situation with Swartz, um, I didn't have t- as big of a problem with it as everyone else just because they didn't have any timeouts. They had to go the whole field and they had what, like a minute 40, a minute 30 to drive the whole field and score a touchdown. 
So, I mean, his, his whole philosophy was dink and duck, let, let those passes happen, keep them in bounds, and, and run the clock out, which, is, which obviously was one, ended up happening. But, I, you know, if you, if you let up too big of a play, then you're putting yourself in a compromised situation. So I think if, if like, you know, obviously it worked out for us, but it, it, that style didn't really, you know, affect me too, too much. Um, but, and then obviously, I mean, Kittle just needs more attention. I don't care who it's from. I don't know that Darius Slay is comfortable moving inside and covering a guy like that. Um, it, it, you know, I don't know if he's more like a, more like a speed cover guy, but yeah, like put someone on him. Like, no, Nate Gary and Duke Riley aren't going to be able to to cover him man on man. And by the way, credit to Kevon Wallace, who was actually all, all over him. Um, I mean, it's just Kittle making a Kittle play, in my opinion. But I mean, yeah, that that guy needs to be doubled. Um, and I, I don't I don't know why it wasn't happened. It didn't happen earlier, I guess. Or it didn't happen at all, did it? Didn't seem like it didn't seem like it happened at all. Um, defensive line, another awesome night for them after a, a huge game against the Bengals last week as well. Um, I think five sacks last night. Um, Jannard Avery coming out of nowhere, a guy who I've been all over Howie Roseman for trading a fourth round pick for a year and a half ago because he has done nothing as an Eagle so far. Uh, easily his best game in, of his uh, Eagles career last night. I think he had five QB hits on 16 snaps, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, had the had the huge um, hurry on Mullins that forced the first 49ers interception, um, you know, in the red zone, which was a, a play that definitely took points off the board for the Niners and ended up making a huge difference at the end of the night. Um, yeah. Uh, Derek Barnett had another great game. Uh, he was all over Trent Williams, which is not something I necessarily expected to see before the game. Um you know, Josh Sweat is continuing to develop. Um, but, you know, huge shout out to my guy, Cravon LeBlanc. Uh, it seems like the Eagles do not, for whatever reason, like Strap as much as me and the rest of the fan base does. But, man, whenever they put him in the game, all he seems to do is make plays. And he totally turned the game around last night with that strip sack in the fourth quarter. Um and that totally, totally, totally changed the momentum of the game because felt like things were slipping away from the Eagles a little bit at that point. Um, yeah. So, so awesome with Craven, real quick, that that big play that he let up, like I don't think that that was necessarily his fault. It was more so just him being put in the wrong spot because he's not our speed guy, and he was up against. Was it Ayuk? Um, cut that I don't deep ball. Himmer, Himmer, Samuel. Yeah, I mean, so it was someone with speed. Um, and I don't think that was necessarily his fault. I thought he had a great game too, and I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about it. Um, I mean, obviously that play was the the, the turning point of, of of the game. So, and I will say full disclosure, um, I think it was fourth and four, maybe from like the 38 or something when they picked up that conversion to High Tower. Um, I I was saying kick the field goal. I wanted, I wanted them to. Too. Uh, at least get three points out of that turnover uh, and, you know, tie the game back up. Uh, and maybe I did not have, uh, you know, enough confidence in, in Wentz and in Doug's play calling. But, um, you know, I'm happy that, that Doug did have the confidence I didn't have and they went for it because that ended up completely changing the game. And, and uh, yeah, big play from, from Hightower, just a big play from, from him who really hasn't, you know, changed any games that much this year. I mean, he certainly changed the game in that, on that play right there. That was a, a huge play, and I'm with you. I thought we should have kicked it as well. Um, I guess they just must have, must have seen something, much like the 
the two-point try early on. One more thing about the defense, and then we'll go offense. Um, yeah, totally wasn't ready for the Jannard Avery breakout game um, until it happened, and then I was re- I was very ready for it. But <laughs> where, where has this guy been? Like, why did it take so long to put him in the game? Because is, is, was that his first game? Is, is that is that correct in saying that? Like, was yeah, that his first game? They traded for him, I want to say, at the deadline last year, and, like, he played, like, a handful of snaps in, like, the last six or seven games of last season, and then he was hurt hurt one week this year, healthy scratch week two, played a little bit last week. Like, he's he's played in probably ten games, games as an eagle, eagle, but this was easily the, the biggest um, the impact he's made, and I, probably the most snaps he's played as well. Yeah, like, and with him, like, he fits us. He's a guy who's, who's going to put his hand in the dirt and then just attack whoever is holding the ball in the backfield. Um, to see that happen, like, and, and, and to see that kind of um, morph, to see his game morph into, into just attacking, and, like, it makes you wonder, like, where was he all last year? Or maybe it was just, like, an injury thing or familiarity with the playbook. Um, but that guy fits our scheme, and, and I, like, like I said, he was attacking last night. Against McGlinchey, who who was pretty good on the offensive line, he was a first round pick. So, um, yeah, very honestly elated to see that out of Denard Avery. If I mean, if he can give you anything close to that the rest of the season, you know, you're certainly going to be really, really happy with that. Um, I think at least part of the problem, from my, you know, again, this is just what I read, but at least part of the problem is that like he's kind of he's a little undersized to be a D end, but he's like too slow and not good enough in coverage to play like stand-up linebacker so they're like kind of always trying to find like is it worth taking Brandon Graham or Barnett or Sweat off the field to give Avery snaps and maybe it wasn't in the past but if he's playing like he did last night then you know he definitely will be able to carve out a role coming yeah I mean I, I don't care if the guy's 180 if he's attacking the quarterback like that you put him out there that's 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 my opinion but um, um, also, I mean, I, you know, I couldn't tell you what Nick Mullins was looking at on that pick six to Singleton. Um, yeah, like, you know, we'll, we'll take it, we'll take it for sure. And you know, that's the Canadian football league stepping up in a primetime game on Sunday night, former Canadian football league defensive player of the year, Alex Singleton. You can't try to pick on him in coverage. coverage. That's, <laughs> that's always been the book on him. Yeah. Like it, it, an absolute bonehead move for even throwing in his direction. Um, but right, yeah, right. How, I mean, how is that not in the scout the scouting report for Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> yeah, it's it's absurd. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like on that point, I mean Mullins had a bad game, and he usually plays better than that. So I was surprised to see it. Um, I mean, yeah, if Jimmy G plays that game, we lose it by maybe two scores because that first drive, use check was missed, and he was going to score. Um, and then late in the game, when we were actually trailing, I think it was like the third quarter or maybe even later than that, they were up, uh, and they being San Fran, and then there was a throw to the sideline, I think, like, Kendrick Bourne, and Mullins just, you know, pissed down his leg and completely missed him. Jimmy G makes that throw, and then that keeps the chains moving and then preserves the lead. So, yeah, like, that's why I said in the, in the opener, like, we, we got lucky, but it was still good to see despite... Because, like, certainly we've got our, our, our fair share of injuries as well, but um, the fact that they didn't have their starting quarterback was, you know, helped them a lot. No question. And, you know, whatever. We needed a win. You'll take him any way you can get him. Right. Um, With how bad the NFC East looks like it's going to be this year, 
you might need him if you can do well against the division, which I know we lost that week one game to Washington, but if you can go four and two, five and one against the the NFC East, you may only need two or three wins outside the division to win the division and get a playoff spot. Um, and and I think a big, big step towards that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, dude, we're if you a team can win the NFC East probably at like six, nine, and one. Like that might get it done this year. <laughs> it very well could, especially if Dallas can't get their defense fixed because their offense can't play really much better than it has been so far. And you know they're one and three, and they're lucky not to be zero and four. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to say really quickly that I can't believe there are people out there who root for NFL teams that aren't in first place. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know what that would feel like. But yeah, I mean, it, it could not be me. Like there's some people out there who who are who are doing that, and my heart goes out to them. Yeah, Godspeed to them. Our thoughts are with you. Um, you know, unfortunately, we just can't relate in that in this scenario. But you know. Just, just know that, exactly. that, I thought, that our, our hearts are with you. Um, um, just a couple of points on the offense last night. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like at times the play calling was a little bit more like conservative gimmicky than I would have liked. Um, it, you know, I feel like especially as they get right onto the edge of field goal range, like right around the other team's 40-yard line, like there's so much dink and dunk shit instead of like trying to keep pushing the ball down the field. Like I think, you know, it's like, it seems like it's always a little swing pass in the flat or something when you get to like third and five, like they're just scared to lose any yards instead of being like, let's look at it as a chance to extend a drive and pick up a drive. Um, and you know, they did connect to Fulgham on the, the deep ball, which was, uh, which was awesome. Obviously it, it was the, the big, uh, the big deciding touchdown in the game. But other than that, they didn't really take too many shots down the field at all. The rest of the game, I think the only other throw over 20 yards was um, the one Wentz missed to miss short to Roger, Richard Rogers in the first half. So, um, and you know, what was that field goal drive in the third quarter, like 16 plays for 60 yards and it took eight and a half minutes. Like, you know, I, I know they're short at wide receiver, but I'd love to see them dial up a couple more deep balls, um, you know, throw that deep a little bit more often next week to try to keep the defense honest. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah. San Fran's pass rush was definitely super banged up. To, they didn't have Nick Bosa last night. The Steelers will be a bigger test in that regard next week in terms of holding up, you know, giving Carson time to look for a deep ball. But I think they have to reincorporate that piece back into the offense because, um, you know, it just gets so it feels like it gets really stagnant at times. Um, uh, yes, you know, what, sorry, go ahead. <clears throat> no, go ahead. I just want to, no, I want you to finish your thought and I was, I'm, I'm going to stay with the offensive line real quick. Oh, I was just saying like it, when they don't target deep at all, it feels like it gets really stagnant when it's like inside run, inside run, swing pass, slant, button hook, you know, dump off, like at a certain point, you've got to look to push it down the field. And I know Carson hasn't been, you know, as accurate as he can be so far this season, but you have to take those shots to keep the defense honest. Yeah, yeah I definitely agree. Um, you know, I think with, you mentioned the offensive line, um, a couple guys I thought had, had good nights last night. Uh, Jordan Mailata came in against the, you know, 
a banged up defense, defensive front, but they're still they. I mean, they can replace with with the the depth that they have. Um, and like I, I watched a couple of body breakdowns on him, and, and he seemed like he was really comfortable out there, um, making the right steps, and, and his footwork was was there. And then like Bowley mentioned it, but like everything he touched just moved. So I mean, he's the clearly the, the strongest guy out there, the biggest guy out there. Um, if he can keep his his fo- his feet, you know, if he can figure that part out. Then I'm really excited for for what he can do, you know. Hopefully we won't need him, but if we do, then it was good, it was just good to see that. And then on the other side, Lane Johnson, clearly he wasn't you know himself, um, but I think he, it was just the kind of thing where he just said, you know what, this is the kind of game that I just need to be playing in, regardless of how I feel. And like he went out there and he he was on one leg last night. He he didn't have any give on that ankle, but like but man, like as a former as a former player, like regardless of the level whatever there's like pro college, high school, peewee, pop Warner. I just have so much respect for, for that guy for, for saying like, cause he was clearly hobbled and clearly in a lot of pain. Um, he, I mean, he got checked out and checked back in like four times. And so I just have a lot of respect for, for Lane Johnson and him gutting it out. I think he deserves a ton of credit for, for playing on the downs that he was able to. Yeah, definitely a gritty night from Lane. And, you know, like you said, obvious from, you know, from kickoff that he didn't have, uh, you know, wasn't even close to 100%, but did everything he could to stay out there. Um, I thought Mylotta, like you said, and I, if you hadn't mentioned it, I was going to say it next. I thought he was, um, you know, one of the highlights from last night for sure. Um, I think, you know, maybe you disagree, but I think his performance last night was as good as anything that we have seen from Jason Peters this year and probably better. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that he, um, you know, he did not look great in week one when he came in, but I think part of that had to do with he was coming in on the right side um, and most of his uh, practice has been done on the left side. But, you know, I think there is a very real chance that if he keeps playing like that and, you know, he's got as tough of a test as you can have the next two weeks with uh, Pittsburgh and then Baltimore coming up back to back, if my lot of plays close to as good as he did in the, Tonight in those two games, Peters is not getting his job back when he comes back off of IR. Maybe they Maybe move him back to right guard and he takes over for prior there. But, you know, my lotta was great last night. And like the couple of things where he was maybe at fault were, were more so like... I don't want to say awareness issues, but like maybe communication as far as who's picking up a stun, yeah. like whatever, like stuff that is like understandable for a guy starting his first ever foot, not just NFL, but first ever football game in his life. Um, uh, and you know, not, not like things where it was like, okay, he did like a bad job of like, blocking yeah. There. Yeah, yeah. so I think his play was super encouraging and you know, he's only going to get better. You would hope. So like, the prospect of him, you know, he's, I, I had to look this up to make sure it was true. I saw something online. He's younger than Andre Dillard. So, so um, you know, like he may be, he may very well be the left tackle of the future that, you know, we drafted Dillard to be um, if he keeps this level of play up, which is something really encouraging. And, yeah. you know, just have to also, while we're on the subject of the offense, just have to give a huge shout out to Travis Fulgham. I mean, this guy, cut by the lions last year cut by the packers like nine days into training camp this summer you know couldn't the eagles couldn't have ever expected that he was going to wear the the uniform in a game this year and you know he comes out of absolutely nowhere to make 
you know, it's sad to say it, but make as good of a catch as an Eagles wide receiver has made in the last two years easily. Um, so, you know, just have to give him a huge shout out for stepping up, um, you know, in the biggest moment of the season for the Eagles. Uh, one more thing about the offense. I don't know if he is still working his way back into shape after missing all of pre like training camp, or if it is just weird rotations by deuce. I know part of it is probably Doug's play calling, but like they got to give Miles Sanders the ball more. Um, you know, only yep. 13 carries for him last night. And after the the Eagles recovered the onside's kick before the two-minute warning and had a chance to run the clock out, um, you know, Sanders didn't touch the ball on any of those three plays and wasn't on the field, which tells me, um, you know, either he was tired or he's not fully healthy because otherwise there's no explanation for why you'd be giving Corey Clement and no, there is. got those carries the- with a chance to end the game. There is an explanation. So apparently, um, Mike, so Mike Missinelli on the radio was had mentioned this, and, and he said that a report said that the Eagles staff felt more comfortable, like because of fumbling issues, handing it off to Clement and Boston Scott. And I had a problem with that. I mean, I'm, I agree with you. I, we need to give him the ball in that situation. But like, if you're afraid that of Miles Sanders is going to fumble, like, what's he just not ever going to play important minutes ever again in, in his life? Like he needs to be out there, and he needs to like like you make you let the the player make that mistake. First of all, I don't even think he has a fumbling problem. I think he's just you know it's something he can work on. It's not necessarily a problem yet, um, but you need to have him out there, give him the rock, so he understands the pressure and the, and the tension of the moment. And you know that's just how players improve. So I was against not giving him the ball in that situa- situation. Like, yeah, that's pretty much all I'll say on that. Agreed 100%. Um, and I think that is pretty much everything I had. Um, yeah, I mean, an- another solid night out of Nate Herbig. Really just uh, elated to see some production from nobody or from, you know, figuratively nobody. Um, he just shows up every week and he does his job, and I love it. And so if he can keep that going, keep 11 off of his back, it's only going to help us more. So. Again, another. I mean, the fact that we didn't even like hear his name called is good. So another good night from Nate Herbig as well. Don't let that slip under the radar. Yep, and you know we're you know we're treading water with some of these backups until you know Sayamalo gets back and you know maybe Peters gets back in a few weeks. Um, so you know any you know Herbig got thrown into the fire week one and didn't play that well, but he has definitely rebounded nicely the past couple of games, and part of that's got to be you know, the coach scheming up some help for, for him, but, you know, part of it's definitely him adjusting to the NFL and doing a good job of that. Um, also, you know, what have no idea what was going on with the Jason Kelsey snap in the ball last night, but thank God it didn't end up costing them because those were a couple of, uh, you know, plays where, you know, could have easily swung the game if the 49ers recovered one of those. And, um, you know, that even that, second one to I think it was to Hertz you know it was second and 18 when went through that touchdown pass to Fulgham so that very easily could have been a drive ender too so luckily we were able to survive that but definitely you don't want to figure that out before next week yeah definitely yeah and the 49ers are are quick up front they're just a really good defense so I think he was just trying to like get over to his gap faster and, and you know it resulted in a bad snap um so I think that's, I mean, you know, it, it's a tough, tough to tough thing to happen, but 
I don't think there's a problem with J- Jason Kelsey. Hopefully not moving forward. Um, the the Hurts fumbled. The Hurts fumbled. Yeah, he'll figure, he'll figure it out. Like Hurts fumbling, that uh, that's all noise to me. Like we need to eliminate the Hurts packages, in my opinion. Like either put him in the game full time or don't, because having him come in every now and then, he comes in and he bobbles a snap. It's only going to hurt hurt his confidence. And I just don't understand the, the the true benefit of of doing that. So you know, like no blame to Hurts at all. I actually like really liked what I saw from Hurts last night with decision making on the trick plays. He's definitely not being put out there like to be put in the best position to succeed by the coaches, but he's still making smart decisions. So props to him. Um, and that is all I had. Big oil. All right. Let's, so Eagles, once again, are in first place in the NFC East after an exciting Sunday night win. Uh, we got the Steelers next Sunday, a much healthier defense than the 49ers this week. Let's hope the Eagles can keep building on the momentum from uh, from last night's game and uh, come out of uh, next week's game at 500, as crazy as that would have been to say, uh, you know, two weeks ago. Yeah, Pittsburgh's definitely much better than San Fran, but I want us to come out with a fire under our ass, and I think we will. I think this win helped it. Um and I'm, I'm looking forward to see what we look like against, you know, a much healthier team who's playing probably a little bit better right now, too, than the 49ers as well. So thanks for your time, bro. Good uh, good thoughts on the game, and we'll talk to you soon uh, on the Pittsburgh game. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Go, Birds. Go, Birds. Go Birds.